Welcome to Whiskey and Windage, the 2A podcast for the people, by the people. I'm your host, Mike from OCA, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Adam from Silver Bullet and Matt from Burning Powder. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Man, Beautiful. Great, great day. Beautiful. Great day. Yeah, man. I'm excited, Adam. When you told me that uh, Pat over at Apex wanted to jump on with us and talk uh, all things 2A from um, you know his background all the way through his training, uh, the training he offers and everything, I was super stoked on that. So um, without further ado, um, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pat from Apex Training. Pat, how's it going, brother? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So, um, yeah, dude, I'm ready to get down in this, Adam, and I know you've got a lot of questions, so let's go ahead and uh, let's get this party started. I do, but the first question that we are going to ask you, and this is something we're going to ask every guest, is, Pat, how 2A are you? Define your version of what you are and how 2A you really are. Dude, I'm super 2A. Um, I believe everybody has a right to carry firearms, you know, so long as you earn the right to keep it, you know what I mean? Convicted felons aside, right? You, if, you, if you've displayed to society that you shouldn't own a firearm, you know, that, that's where I'm at with it, man. Um, there's really no black and, you know, there's no gray area with that, man. Okay. I have a, I have a, I have a, like a, a part two to that. Um, just asking real quick. Well, no, 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 no. It's not real bad. I, it's honest. Okay. Uh, you know, we've all talked about this in our experiences. Have you experienced... Um, I don't know, um, whether have you experienced, I guess that's the best way to put it. Have you experienced negativity from the two way community since you're on like your, your social media accounts? Like a good example would be, I personally, and Adam has, Matt has, we've all felt it where it's like, Hey, somebody doesn't want to follow you because they think they're too cool or this guy, you know, tries to big time you and acts like he's way better than you'll ever be or whatnot. And, uh, you know, we're trying to level that playing field. We get it. I mean, I understand Grand Thumb's not coming to my birthday party, and that's cool. <laughs> he just won't get a freaking um, a dog balloon animal, and I'm sure he doesn't give a shit. But, uh, you know, have you experienced any sort of negativity or anything like that? Yeah, man, 100%, dude. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um I've come across quite a few toxic people. You know, I've talked about it on my page in the past where I was like, man, this industry, everybody thinks that they invented the thing they're teaching, you know, and that's just, yeah. you know, <laughs> tw after 20 years of GWAP, man, everybody's regurgitating something. You know, I, I say in a lot of my trainings, uh, no matter where you go, somebody's, you know, mama bird eats something, then throws it up into baby bird's mouth. And, you know, so it's just regurgitating curriculum over and over again. And then you get these guys who just feel that they were the only ones that were on a SEAL team or they're the only ones that were on an ODA or they're the only guys that are SWAT or the only competition shooters. Um, and it's, you know, I guess it's just a level of arrogance that that person possesses because nobody, I don't see anybody, you know, really reinventing the wheel in the 2A community lately. You know, it's all the same stuff. I was going to say, I agree to that. And I think the perspective I take on it is, um, if all three of you guys were trainers and I took a class individually from each of you, I'm going to pull as much as I can from all of you, but there's going to be parts of your training pat that I'm going to like really gravitate towards. And I'm going to take those pieces and then I'm going to take some of what Adam does and I'm going to pull that together and then take some of Matt's and it's going to kind of combine into like, 
I guess what works best for me, I mean, props to all these people that are trainers that were SEALs, that, you know, were special forces, all that stuff. Cause I mean, they came out and I mean, they made it back and they do mm -hmm. a lot of, they do a lot of cool guy shit that I'll never get to do. And I don't know if I want to do, but you know, I understand what worked for them worked for them. Um, so I agree with you. Like you got to take everybody's training as a grain of salt um, and take what works for you and find some more from the next guy. Yeah, for sure, man. And like respect to everybody, right? Like I, I like to consider myself a humble guy. I just wish some people would practice a little more humility sometimes it just make the community a better place. But, you know, similar to what you said, you know, when I do one of my classes, I, I tell everybody like, hey, look, man, imagine you have this toolbox, just like you have a toolbox at home, right? There's different tools for different things, you know? I may give you a few tools and the next guy may give you a few tools. And then now you have this toolbox, you know, that you've accumulated over the years of your training that you can use for different situations. You know, it's not a one size fits all thing. Like what I teach you may not work everywhere. What the next guy may not may teach you may not work everywhere. You know, so you take what you want from people's classes and then you disregard the stuff that you don't like. And, and you know, that's the type of attitude that I like to take towards training. You know, I've been doing this 21 years and I'm still going to classes. If I hear something I don't like, all right, I disregard it. But if I hear something I do like, I keep it with me. You know, it's, it's that constant evolution. You're always trying to grow and be better. More yeah. than one way to skin a cat. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I like what you said yeah. though. I like that you just, what I just picked up was 21 years in this and you're still comparing your tactics to the next guys. And it's not to see whose is better. It's who's to, Who's is better for you? And not only that, but I mean, there's, there's, there's actually executing the tactic that you, you're trying to do. And then something else that is just even more difficult, trying to teach that tactic that you have repeated to where you can do it in your sleep, trying to teach that tactic to someone who may not be as familiar with it. So you have to be good with the tactic, but you also have to be good with your words and your coaching skills because you're trying to teach somebody else a new life skill or a new way to do something. So that's that's got that's that's difficult all on its own. So I mean I feel what you're saying, but I think it's super cool that even to this day you're still trying to better your your training and your your teachings. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you plug, not to plug my website, but if you go to my website, uh, you know, it'll say training evolves and that is my, what is, what is your website? Let's yeah, plug yeah, your please, website. please do. Share, please uh, www.apextrainingconcepts.com. And when you hit that homepage, it's going to say right up, right on the homepage, it says training evolves. And that's like my motto that I like to live by. You know, I started this back in 2002, how we do it now from how I was taught initially in 2002 it's yeah. completely different. It's changed a hundred times over. You know, my my weapons preferences changed. My kit has changed. The tactics have changed. Um, you know, and how we do it now is different from how we did it back then, which is different than how we did it in the '90s. And you know, it, everything evolves. Warfare evolves. Tactics evolve. You have to evolve with it. You know, um, you know, and you come across those guys that are like, "Well, this is the way I did it back in my day," and it's like, "Well, cool, man. If that that principle applied, we'd all be using I muskets. Hate that. I you know hate that I mean? back like, in my day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Pat, to put, in perspective, to put in perspective, Pat, Matt was probably in the third grade back in 2002. So, <laughs> yeah, I am. I am interested though, because you said something. And so it's going to probably, it's going to give us all either a wow or a good laugh. I was in you, high school. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you said your, your, your kit, your loadout has changed. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, 21 years ago, 
what was your go-to rifle? What was your go-to weapon? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's still so, an AR, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, so when I joined the army, I had an M16A2. Uh, actually, you could still find some A1s with those triangle, yep. those Delta handguards. Yep. You can still find those. Oh, with yeah. Them. In basic. Um, I had that same thing in basic. Yep. Yeah, right. Uh, when I got to my first unit, I was an M60 gunner. I didn't even have a saw yet. Um, oh, man. <laughs> the yeah, gun of Rambo. Yeah, that, I the mean, gun that of last, Rambo. Yeah, that didn't last too long. But, you know, even my kit. My kit back then was a pistol belt with H suspenders, man. We had two canteens, yeah. two mag pouches. Two can. You know, that that was it. There was no Gucci gear back then, man. Oh, yeah. Back in my day, it was a blunderbuss. You just threw whatever the hell was in there, and you lit the fuse, and you just hung on. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's no, really that's cool, fun. though, because, uh, like, just, just seeing how everything evolves, because everything's constantly evolving. So, uh, yeah, Adam, sorry to jump down that rabbit hole, but I was I was really interested in that when he said that. I yeah. mean, Pat, we can't help it. Mike likes to jump down all the holes, but it's okay. <laughs> no, that's Adam, but anywho. Thanks. Usually at the bottom of the hole, there's the soapbox to stand on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Lord damn for sure. Um, so Pat, I know we were talking about you being. You know, you... Damn, tell so, me, I love it. I know, Pat. I know you're trying to be. Let's a humble settle guy, this right here want... now, Pat. How tall are you? Six foot. Yeah, just... All right. Damn, he's got six inches on Adam. <laughs> 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 all right sorry back on track adam sorry i just now i'm thinking of you guys and it's yeah it's, yeah you it's think like about our inches, how long we bought i know uh mike's thinking about how long we all are got it okay yeah. <laughs> so uh pat i know you've been talking about tactics and you know this and that he's a 21 years i know you're a humble guy but uh before asking more questions i do want to know like your background i know your background but i think the audience wants to, I, I want them to know your background so Tell us about like yeah. where you started and kind of what you've done. Yeah, so you know, I'm from New York City. Um, graduated high school 2002, joined the army right after. Um, bounced back and forth between active and reserves, um, which is how I got into emergency medical services. You know, I was back home reserve side and was looking for something to do. Um, happened to be driving by a volunteer agency one day. I was like, hey man, that seems pretty cool. Um, asked to apply, and the rest was history. Um, Ended up, you know, becoming an EMT, doing that whole thing, worked my way up to chief of department. Um, and then in 2015, I got out of the Army, um, decided I wanted to make a switch to law enforcement. And that's when I moved from New York down to Florida uh, and started pursuing that. Uh, once I got down here doing that, um, law enforcement side, man, I did a bunch of stuff. Um, I was on a SWAT team. Uh, worked undercover, worked homicide. I primarily primarily did narcotics. That was, you know, my my, uh, my bread and butter down there. That was the thing I thrived in. Um, I primarily did narcotics in my twenties too. <laughs> <laughs> and I like bread and butter. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Man, then um, this year I decided to like just make the jump. Uh, you know, start an apex was something I always thought about, but you know, working full time. Yeah, you know, I couldn't really just commit the time and effort into it. So in March of 2023, man, I was like, you know what, let's do it. So I went all in. Hell yeah. So when you made that jump, how, um, you know, because I also want to support small business here, especially to a small business. When you made that man. jump, um, did you, 
so you pretty much did you leave your other job? Do you still work part time there, or you work full time and do this nah, on man, the side? Like doing Apex full time. I left, and that was the end of it. So how is uh yeah how is you know not to get into your financial aspect of it how is business are you staying busy is it is everything working yeah for sure man it's you know it's a training community right so it's feast or famine you know and yeah. obviously you know you start any small business the first year is going to be a little rough yeah it sucks um, yeah which is you know we accounted for it you know and we took the, the necessary steps to you know and we're still grinding um but yeah you know started real fast and I was like, this is great. You know, then it kind of dries up a little bit, um, you know, and then just networking in the community, meeting all different people kind of brings in new stuff. Um, we had a real cool conference call today about some online training we're going to put together with a bigger training company. Um, so yeah, man, you know, like I said, it, it comes in waves, you know, it comes in waves. That's really badass, though. I mean, that's, it's a brave thing as, as a business owner, it's a brave thing to put yourself out there and kind of, kind of hang stuff on the line. And, um, there's those days, like you said, it's feast or famine. So definitely, uh, where in Florida are you? So we're in the Tampa Bay area, just South of Tampa. Okay. Okay. Like Bradenton? Uh, no. So I was a cop in Bradenton. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, so I'm just, I'm just North of, uh, Bradenton. I'm in Apollo beach. Okay. Yeah. Because I used to have family that lived just South of <laughs> Bradenton in one of those crazy, like not crazy rich ones, like just in one of those millions of subdivisions that all look identical to each other. Yeah, um, for sure. I live in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Oh, Hey, is this the right one? And you're like, no, the only way you can tell the difference is a sign at the front. Correct. Um, but yeah, they live there. Uh, and then we went through Bradenton to go. I remember going to Tampa and like, um, what is the, what's the other place? Treasure. Da, 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 da. The other really nice beach, but it's like where everybody goes. It's where the rays play. Um, St. Pete. Yeah. St. Pete. And yeah. there's another one, or is it called the treasure cove? It might something be down there. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with that whole area. So I was going to say something down there was treasure. Cause I always remember like that. God, they love pirates, but, um, yeah, it's everything is pirates down here, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's really cool. Okay. So you're, you're Apollo beach. Great. Um, but yeah, man, that's cool. So everybody that's in that Florida area, like definitely, definitely look, look, pad up, look up apex training concepts and, um, see when his next classes are reach out to him. If you don't see anything for sure. Um, yeah, definitely want to do that. So Pat, like what if for apex training concepts, I know, I know, I know about this. We talked a lot about it, but like, I like the fact that you don't just have like new firearm training. You train a kind of a, you have a lot of different aspects of firearms training. Am I correct? Like you do some medical, yeah. you do like some tactics like kind of what break down what kind of classes you have yeah so we do we do some firearm stuff we have some basic stuff we have some advanced stuff um we have some home defense stuff um i don't like to venture into the you know the term cqb but you know we talk about you know how to account for the angles in your home um and then we also do uh active shooter threat i have a both law enforcement course and a civilian course for active shooter response uh we have a medical course almost like a stop to bleed kind of trauma course uh, and then we do leadership training for like corporations, agencies, whoever. All I hear is I hear an NCO talking. That's all I hear when I hear this guy talking. I just hear a true NCO <laughs> over there talking. And speaking of NCO, did you just recently do like a, I, I'm not gonna call it a bonehead move because I respect it, but you know, a lot of people in the military are like, what the hell? Uh, did you just make Dude, a, a yeah, pretty man, big life choice? I'm clean shaven today. Um, yeah, I did. I reenlisted in the guard. Um, just wanted to finish my 20, you know, it was really bugging, like irking me, man. I got, I got out in 2015, 
came off a bad deployment. Um, I hated the command I was with, and I was just kind of like in a real – I wasn't happy with the direction the Army was going in, you know. Um, and I'm sure you remember, Adam, like back around that time, there was a mass exodus. Guys were leaving all the time. Yep. I was one of them. Um, and I don't regret it, but uh, like, but I do at the same time. So I was like, I'm still young enough, man. Let me go finish this 20 and then just, uh, you know, see where it goes. That's really cool. Heck yeah, man. I mean – and hey, you got back in with E5, right? They gave E5 lease, right? Yeah, I did. So I got out in E6, but I had to go back as an E5 because of some online stuff, I guess, that was required. So I got to knock that out, and then I'll be able to put my uh, promotion back in and get my six back. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Life of dude. So Perfect. I do love the fact that you're teaching medical because so many people, and I think medical is getting more predominant now, but medical, in my opinion, is still secondary. Like, no one wants to take a medical class. Even the guys oh, that will pay peeve. for training, even the guys that will pay for training will pay for the CQB or the cool guy training, which is awesome, or rifle two. But like, if you take rifle one, pistol one from anyone, my belief then is great. Let's get a medical class in there before you start taking anything because that's cool. You can put holes in things, but how do you plug the holes? And that's what people don't understand. And that's my pet peeve. What's your kind yeah, of take on that? Yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah, I tell everybody, man, if you want to have the power to take life, you need the power to save life. Um, because it could potentially Preach. be your own life, right? Like, yeah. realistically, you know, your average gun owner is probably never going to get into a gunfight, you know? But the odds are a lot higher that you accidentally shoot yourself or you accidentally have a negligent discharge and you hurt someone else. Like, though, that's a possibility, right? Um, yeah. So you need to be able to treat the wounds that those things cause, you know? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Or even just everyday life, you know? Medicine is so accessible now that there's really – no excuse that, you know, I called the tourniquet the modern day bandaid. Everybody should know how to put a tourniquet on. You know how to put a bandaid on, right? You know, you know how to do a pressure dressing. Everybody should know how to put a tourniquet yeah. on, you know? Yeah. Any tourniquet I ever dropped on the, you know, the EMS side, it was always a car accident or some kind of, you know, industrial yeah. type accident. It wasn't, it wasn't a gunfight, you know? Gunfights typically ended one way all the time, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to say that's something that you're just saying is, you and Adam both, it's something that it's a pet peeve of mine. And, um, you know, of course I can be the first to say I need to be better at the medical side, but at the same time there, you know, there are guys out there that are, you know, spending money left and right on their, you know, on their, on their kit, you know, on their, on their tactical training on everything they can possibly do. And then, um, you know, if it really does hit the fan, you know, can they can they save their boy? Can they save their battle buddy? Can they save, can you know, you save their family yourself? member? Well, yeah, that self-aid. too. Self aid being most important. But, yeah, yes, <laughs> but self aid self aid is a different a different kind because now you also have to fight your own pain. Um, but like all things considered, like just like you said, a car wreck. Somebody knocks on your door and had an accident, and there's somebody injured in your front yard. Like can you save that? Like, can you, can you help? Even if you can't fix it, can you at least just try and press the pause button until the people that can get there can do what they got to do? All you got to do is find a little time. Exactly. And Pat, I know you can relate to this. How many times have you been driving your car and you almost see the accident happen? You're like in your head, fuck, if this fucking thing happens, I have to go stop, get out of my car, get my aid bag, and I know I have to, like, now I'm screwed because I have to, like, render it. I've thought that so many times. Like, don't don't happen. 
Yeah, no, it actually because, almost yeah. happened to me today. I was driving and I saw a guy crossing the street. He almost got clipped, and I was kind of sitting at the light, like, man, this dude got clipped. I didn't pull it up. I have to get out. Yep, I have exactly. my trunk right now. You know, I can't just drive mm-hmm. by it. You know, it's just not the right nope. thing to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, the odds of that in your everyday life, I mean, they're astronomical. You know, it is, and it would be yeah, a shame 100%. that if you didn't know basic medicine, and and the the person that paid for it was a loved one. You know. Yeah, you know, that's you know, a big something, one. That's a big one. A, sim- a simple intervention that you could have learned that took you twenty minutes on a stop the bleed course. Yeah, you just don't know. You know, it. it's like <laughs> you know, it's like if this hey. guy that just posted a YouTube video the other day about tourniquet application, if you just would have watched that video on YouTube that was just posted <laughs> like four days ago. <laughs> I watched it beginning to end, bro. I did. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. I promise you. Thank you. All you and you and thirty nine other people did. So thank you. And and then I and then I immediately ordered tourniquets. Perfect. Not from Wish, right? Not Wish.com. No, not Wish ones. It was Timu. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. Timu. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so, Pat, I have this question before Mike takes over. I wanted to ask because I asked the same thing to Tyler when we had Tyler on. I know you know Tyler, another police officer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, he's our he's our he's our a podcast daddy over there. Um, What's your opinion on police officers as far as like what you saw? Do they get adequate shooting, uh, time training? And is it if it's if they don't, is it their fault? Is it the department's fault? Is it a combination of both? Like what's worse disconnect? Because from what I see and from most other police officers tell me, cops suck at shooting. How can we change that? No, dude, I'll be honest with you. So I, I have a twofold argument to this. So first, there's institutional problems. You know, the, the industry has an issue with training, you know, similar to the to the military. Right. It's, it's a quantitative, not a qualitative approach. It's get them in, get them qualified, get them out on the on the street. Right. It's it's check the blocks training. Right. The pistol qual, the old pistol qual down in Florida that I went through. I mean, it, it was what it was. Right. It was just a basic standard pistol qual in no way, shape or form did it. Did it account for any of the dynamics that you'd come across in a gunfight? Um, they actually, this year, just released a new qual, which is a little better than the old one, but still is lacking. You know, so my favorite saying, one of my favorite sayings when it comes to, like, new guys on the job is you don't know what you don't know, right? So right. a new guy comes on the job, he goes through the academy, he passes the qual, the, you know, the academy and the agency tells him, hey, man, you're good enough. Well, in his head, he's good enough. Um, but there'll be there'll come a point in your career where you become self-aware and you realize that it's actually not good enough. So that's where the, the industry scapegoat goes out the window. Once you become self-aware yeah. and you do realize that, no, the training that I'm getting is not good enough, well, then it's entirely on you. And you need to go pursue that training. And if you choose not to, any and everything that happens after that is on you. You know, you can't blame the agency after that. You knew better. Yeah. Okay. That's well, fair. But did you did you get ample like you know how often if you wanted to like if you just said hey no no family no nothing like as soon as I clock out like how much time ammo was there a cap like how much could you could you go to the range was it unlimited did did you have an allotment per month like um I'll tell you that's agency specific I I just mm-hmm. you know in my experience I've met agencies that are really good I met agencies that are really bad um my former agency when I was on SWAT I had all the opportunities that I wanted to go shoot and I don't want to call it an unlimited budget but we had exponentially more than everybody else um right but you know 
for the regular patrol guys or the detectives or, you know, the guys that weren't on specialty units, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity. Now, my wife's agency, you know, they get a box. I think they get a, a box a month. They can go down. I think they have like two days a week where they're ranged. You just come on down and shoot your own ammo if you want. You know, so it's almost, you know, you can pr- pretty much say it's unlimited. You know, so it's real agency specific depending on, you know, who's in charge. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah, Matt, I mean, I don't know. I guess I was, yeah, Matt. Right. I I was going to play off of that of from from your perspective of what was provided, the resources that were provided, ammunition and rain time, range time, regardless of what was offered by the agency, do you feel like the officers took full advantage of that? Uh, my honest answer, absolutely not, man. Okay. Absolutely not. That's, Actually, that's uh, I mean, it's hard, though. Well, yeah, I'm in the full-time middle. job. Well, I mean, it is. it's a it job. Is. But I'm you saying, a family, I was going to say, I understand, job. like, it's, uh, it's eventually a, a cop becomes a grind you know it, it's like well, this, the superhero cape goes away and it's like i gotta wake up and do this and and grind well, it out and yeah, so like a job a job's a job a job yeah you know well, one I thing that, that hurts a lot of cops is um and and this goes for defensive tactics also you know like fighting is 99.9 percent of the people that you come across are compliant the odds of a cop getting into a gunfight are very slim the odds of a cop yeah. getting into a physical fight a little higher, but also it isn't a regular, you know, a, a regular thing. Most guys, even you know, bad guy wants to run from you. He doesn't want to fight. But when you catch him, you catch him. Maybe you scrap a little bit, you know. But the problem becomes is that ninety nine point nine percent of people are compliant, so cops build bad habits. So oh, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen. Everything's yep. fine. Yeah. You know, complacent. People, you know, and, and complacency. That, that complacency kills. Details, man. Complacency kills, and, and that's. You know, had that been, you know, had bad stuff happened at a higher rate, like let's say in my agency, perhaps people would take training a little more serious, but it doesn't. So people just, it's business as usual, you know, it's Groundhog Day. Which is a good transition. It doesn't apply to you until it happens in on your home turf. And, right. Yeah. And I think right. that's just, that's a that's good just, transition to what. But I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, people in general. I mean, that's not cops or military or mailmen or whatever the hell like that's just people in general it doesn't just like just like the people talking about um you know the atf and i won't go down this hole but the atf talking about taking rights like oh yeah you got a lot of people that are like i'm not going to support all these grassroots efforts because it's not going to happen and it really doesn't matter if it happens in you know illinois or if it happens in california or wherever it happens you know it's not happening here and when it happens here then i'll do something and it's like man by the time it gets to you you're so blindsided it's too late, it's too late. Yeah, um, it's too late. But, exactly yeah. but but that's not a call to action for anybody it's just a, you know a, a blanket statement but i do want to ask you on that because speaking of you know your your training background and your your law enforcement background and your military background. Um, have you ever ran any pistol competitions? Have you ever done any shooting competitions? I have. Yeah. I guess I have. Do yeah. So something that this is going to be something for a day down the road that I, I do want to jump on and discuss with a couple people. But you know, I do want to go ahead and ask you as well. Do you feel there is room or there are I guess there are possibilities that running that kind of stuff, you know, can create bad habits or, you know, can, can 
I don't know, unlearn certain things, uh, trigger discipline or, you know, the way you watch people run through the lanes to try to hurry up and shoot that target and then run and shoot that target. And, you know, while you're doing that, if it comes to, you know, do you, do you think people can turn that stuff off and do you, you know, and, oh, now I'm not competition. Now I'm, now I'm sweeping a house or can you pick up a bad habit? No. So I'm a big fan of practical shooting for the tactical environment. And the reason being, it's like I was saying earlier with pistol quals, you know, most pistol quals, most courses of fire are static evolutions that are training you for a dynamic scenario, which automatically puts you at a disadvantage. When you get mm -hmm. into the practical shooting side of things, it's uh, I don't know if you know, have you heard of CTT solutions, Mike Pannone? He says something, he has a saying that I love. It's marksmanship and application, not isolation. Uh, you know, and that's, that's his saying. And it's, it's the most dynamic that you can get, you know, in terms of a training evolution and you're understanding your body mechanics and how to move and how you're going to turn and, you know, how you're going to pivot footwork. It, it's going to be about the closest that you're going to get. Um, and admittedly, I was guilty back in the day where I thought it created a lot of bad habits where I was like, well, you're never just going to run down a lane and start shooting everybody. Correct. You're not going to, but you're going to learn how to move, you know? So if, if you separate, if you, if you, you take it out of like, I'm looking at it, like I'm just going to run through a house and start shooting everybody, you know, yeah. uh, then yes, it's, John it's super, super applicable. <laughs> I love it. You know? Yeah. You know, most guys okay, think, yeah, oh, that's... you're training to be John Wick. No, it's not what it is. It's not what it is at all. Yeah. Well, there's IDPA yeah. and USPCA, which are two different spectrums too of shooting. So I, the IDPA, cause I've shot more of that. That's what I like to shoot is more of a, your tech, this is behind cover. You're supposed to shoot from concealed with your pistol. There's a lot more of the realistic, realistic aspects to it. And, um, usually whatever course you're running are supposed to be like real things that have happened in like the real world, like shootings that have happened or things that have happened. Like they try to take realism into it. Like they use cars, barriers, um, USPCA is more that run and gun quick, keep thing with the guys with the colorful shirts that I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's cool. I'm not, I have friends that shoot that stuff and it's cool. They run the, the $6,000 Atlas guns and it's awesome. But yeah, my you know, argument it's is a, it, that, yeah, Go it's ahead. a little different, right? You got racy boy holsters and racy boy guns and you know, you're yeah, not really using cool. any kind of tactical mindset. Yes, it is a little different in that, in that consideration, but if you just yeah. look at the, the benefits of being dynamic and moving and shooting, I think there's tons. Yeah. I think it pays dividends in the end. They have good footwork. They do. They have good footwork. Yeah. My argument then is like the steel guys too. Like the steel shooters are awesome. Like they stand at one spot. They can like ding out like seven shots in like three seconds and like hit steel, which is cool. But they're doing it with this really expensive Nuts. gun. But my question is, do those same guys, I'd love to have one of mine, can they do that with a stock basic mmp glock sig i don't care what call whatever you want you know like mm. do you train with that because that's cool that you can run a six thousand dollar atlas which are amazing but what can you do in the real world and i i it, it bothers I mean, me sometimes because i get it you can take the best thing possible with a really talented person which you do it in, we do it in uh, formula one cars we do it in all kinds of aspects mm -hmm. of things the best car the best driver the best everything but let's take just a person that's skilled with the average tool and what can they do? And if they well, still I was going to say, that's amazing. Well, I was going to say that's where the bad, some of those bad habits come in because if I'm, if I'm used to running a race gun and in its holster and it draws yeah. this way and it's a certain way, 
if I'm so stuck in that, if I change over and jump to a, you know, a P320 or a, you know, a Glock 17, it's going to be a little different. And, you know, I understand it's a completely different gun, but I also think that where a bad habit can come in potentially is just like we said last podcast um, about um, which we talk about sighting in a rifle and we talk about, you know, shoot what you plan to hunt with. You know, if you're shooting hundred and, you know, making stuff up, you're shooting 168 grain, 30 cal, you know, ELDX bullet, then you need to sight in with that. And it's the same with training. If you're, if you're doing your, your competition with an Atlas, but your EDC is a P320. I mean, there, there's a, there's a big difference. Yeah. It's, it's and, I mean, some of the right? skills will translate. Oh, that's a lot translates, yeah. but there's yeah. still yeah. those certain things that are just like, eh. and I'm not well, telling people, Hey, if you have an Atlas, throw it away. Like, no, keep that thing. <laughs> like it's badass. but like <laughs> train also with an EDC as well. And I know that might hurt your training for your competition, but you know, you need to learn know, to separate the two, right? Cause they're apples and oranges, yes. right? Like, so you're a competition shooter. That's great, man. And a lot of the big competition shooters now will tell you, well, if you're carrying EDC, you need to be working with that, you know? And I see this a ton in my concealed carry courses. Um, and it's always predictable. Like I know who it's going to happen to when I'm looking at the students is, you know, oh, I run a Glock 17 with this and this and this and this, but I carry this Glock 43X. Okay, cool, man. Way you know, way where it always jams guys up is maybe their draw stroke's decent. I'm like, all right, where's your spare Mac? Oh, you never practice reloads from your pant pocket? You know what I mean? Right. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know. And where I see it a lot I'm is I get a bunch of students. I get a bunch of students that will come in and say, oh, I, I carry in a fanny pack. I'm like, okay. You know, and then we'll get into the shoot, no shoot scenarios. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, did you see how long that it took you just to get that gun out of your bag? Mm. You know, or. I mean, you are in Florida. Florida man, Florida man does like fanny packs. I carry in waistband now. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I mean, Florida man he does said like fanny packs. You do have Florida man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Florida man yeah. likes fanny packs. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Everybody that brings a fanny pack or a purse to my course, by the end, they're like, I have to get a different purse. Every single yep. person. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. single person. I mean, okay. I, I, I agree to that. Um, before we so uh, talk to me, before we, hey, hold on real quick. Before we move on, before we move on, Mike, because I already know Don Welch is going to beat this up in the comments. Don. I will say this because Don is a both. He's gonna beat us up. I do think he uses the oh, same gun. Yes, Don uses a staccato. I think a staccato is a nice gun that you know he carries as his carry gun, but it's his competition gun a lot he of times too. So carry I do. Uh, so yeah, I so he's out. Is like cool, he does. He's gonna he does beat us actually carry Don, it. Yeah. So yeah, I, think I mean, if he wasn't nice... using staccato, also because Don's yeah, really yeah. him, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I the people shoot two guns. Oh, dude. Don't okay, so yeah. So, so what's what's the cutter do you carry? I have a C. I carry a C two. That's my EDC. And believe it or not, my nice. competition gun is a Sig. I just cool. like it better. Plus, I would only had enough money for one staccato and not two. So uh, right. maybe if I want to get a P or an XC one day, we'll see. But uh, it's hard. Uh, out yeah, here, so I run yeah. a Sig Legion X five as a, oh, as that's a competition. A oh yeah, man. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Great choice. Icarus, yeah. Dude, so what? Pat, Icarus frames. Those Icarus frames, bro. I just got one. 
There's so yeah, many. so I meant to look all at aluminum. I meant to look at them and I was like, dude, they're like four or five hundred a piece. So I was like, all right, let me, after Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah, trust one. me, I had. Yeah, exactly. They're they're worth it though. Oh, mm-hmm. They're not cheap. Yeah. No. Um, what I wanted to ask though is, we talked about Apex and we've talked a little bit about the training you do. Um, I kind of want to get not super granular, but like, what all types of training do you offer? Like if, well, I guess, I guess what I want to put, cause I don't want to go down a super deep rabbit hole. Let's say you get a, uh, you know, you've got your new shooter and they just took your, they just took a concealed carry. So they at least have that out of the way. Like, okay, I know, you know, I know that. And we're going to assume they have average, you know, gun handling and safety abilities. Like what, what does that path look like, you know, in a perfect world? Like, what would you like to see, you know, the average person in the 2A community at least have? So I will tell you that I don't like the term concealed carry course. And because typically when you go to a concealed carry course, it's just a basic pistol course. You know, yeah. we're not drawing from concealment. We're not talking about mm. types of concealed carry. We're not doing any of that, right? So my yeah. course, my concealed carry course, um, people always ask me like, oh, is it a beginner course? No, it's not. Like you should have some basic firearms knowledge and then you're going to come to me and we're going to talk about um, how to carry pros and cons of, you know, appendix versus, you know, your six o'clock and four. We're going to talk about all the different types of ways you could carry. And we're going to talk about the pros and cons of everyone. And I'm going to let you decide what's best for you. We're going to talk about garment considerations. You know, are you going to dress around the gun or are you going to dress for the gun? You know, how are we going to do this? Um, And then a big thing that I always like to teach my students, and I'm confident doing it because of my law enforcement background, is we're going to talk about the law, statutes. I'm going to read for you verbatim what Florida State statute says as it applies to uses of force. And that way you're aware. Because that if you talk to any shooter or any average gun owner, it's – Oh, if you shoot someone in the back, it's it's murder, dude. No, man. There's there's different types not, of not cases. Every, yeah, every case <laughs> is different, you know. And I don't like people painting in broad strokes because yeah. it builds bad habits, mm-hmm. you know. And then I get yeah. the other one that you know. Even as a cop, I saw this. Like, if he gets on my lawn, I'm gonna kill him because I feel threatened. It's like, no, brother, <laughs> we're not doing that, no. you know. Uh, uh, so let's not go that route either. Law, and I want to educate yeah. the shooter because just knowing how the gun works is not enough to be an educated mm-hmm. shooter. You know, um, so that's what I feel that concealed carry courses should encompass. So that's why I built Amen. my class the way I did. Okay, so so you would your first thing after they take their their carry permit class is you think, hey, we need to move into an EDC class. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And is is pistol. Um, is that your bread and butter? Do you teach rifle or is it, do you stick with pistol or what do you, you know, um, I, you know, I get more business with pistol just because that's what everybody carries. You know, you know, there's more people looking yeah. for that, especially homeowners. They just have a pistol. Um, I do rifle stuff. Um, I have, I call it an advanced multi-platform course where we talk about pistol and rifle stuff. We'll work transitions, you know, all the cool fun yes. stuff that, got, that people want to do. Oh, yeah. uh, we have one of those courses as well. Um, we have shotgun courses, you know, you name it, we can do it. Um, I like to pride myself. I, you know, I spent a lot of time before we went live with this company, just writing out these courses, you know, and just trying to think of everything that we could, that people would want. Dude, that's awesome. That is, I like the fact that you're like, is, it's the whole shooter. It's like, 
from the basics to tactics to medical to the law part. Like you're trying to train the whole person as a shooter, not just like, and I don't use a shooter, just being the, the weapon that can defend themselves, but do it legally, but then also can protect themselves, protect others. You're kind of like, it's like the whole, it encompasses everything. I like that. Yeah. And again, it's like one of those things you don't know what you don't know. And I learned it real early yeah. on. Um, when the company first kicked off, me and my wife, we went to some gun shows and, uh, man, you talk to some people at gun shows and we were like, dude, there's some dangerous people out here, you know, and I would give them a car. Yeah. I would give them a card. I'm like, Hey man, you need to call me because that's wrong. Yeah. You know, not saying I know everything, but that's wrong. And you need to come and, and learn some good habits or actually get some knowledge on, you know, what the law actually says or what, you know, how to actually carry because man, the amount of people that are out there that just, you know, they take an NRA course and, and they're like, I'm good. Or, you know, their friend who did a couple of years in the military teaches them, they, they go to round, you know, they go shoot a couple rounds. Like, oh, all right, I'm good. No, man, you're not, dude. You're, you're not. No. Yeah. Can we, I, I, I think we can that, say this. I think that, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think you're right on that because I think that shooting, shooting a gun is, you know, I mean, it is, it's a lot like riding a bike, but you know, I haven't rode a bike in good Lord, probably 20 years, but if you put me on one, I can ride it. Is it going to be, is, am I going to have to kick some rust off? Absolutely. But I think that shooting, shooting a, a firearm is the same way. I mean, if you, if you know how to do it, if you stay away from it for a while, you can come back and get it, but you're not going to be as sharp as you were. And so I think that that training is the key and I love, I did want to say it before Adam takes back over. I do love, and I wish that every state, and I'm sure there are people, I just, I just want to meet them. I like that all I heard about everything that you did was you are a 2A easy button in the state of Florida. And so anybody in Florida that is looking for training, I mean, anywhere else too, but as far as learning the laws and everything like you're there, depending on the course you take, you can teach them good procedures and tactics, good carry habits. You can teach them good shooting and you can also teach them the law. I mean, like that's, that is the easy button. All too often people take a, yeah. a training course, whether it be pistol or advanced pistol or urban rifle or whatever you want to call it. And that's it. Oh, and I forgot you teach medical too. So like, that's it. Everything. Well, when it all hits the fan, like, yeah, that's cool. But if I have to administer help, like that rifle course didn't help me. And then when it comes to, you know, the legal ramifications of what I did, because they are a tool of consequence, like, mm -hmm. you know, am I in the right? Am I in the wrong? I mean, that's, that's for a judge and jury to decide. But right. if you're, if you kind of have, you know, that, that base knowledge before you're in that situation, it's going to make you even better at the shoot, don't shoot situation. Yeah. It's a mindset game. You know, I tell everybody, man, you know, if you carry hollow points inside that hollow point is a judge, jury, and a lawyer, you know, all that's of it, attached man. to every all, round I mean, that's in your magazine, man, you know, and you're accountable. Once you fire it, man, it's not coming back. So you better be damn sure. No, you know, and uh, dude, like we've talked the in the truth, past, man. man, there's countless cases where guys get screwed up thinking that they were right in a shoot and they weren't. And now uh, they're spending their life in prison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, Pat, I think you've nailed a lot of cool things. I have two things before um, Matt has a couple questions. So first thing, you nailed something I want to say, and I think you and I can speak on this, and I'll say it. I've said it again, and I don't care if anyone comes at me because come at me, bro. Um, don't talk to your buddy that was in the military and think that they're going to teach you how to be an expert marksman because most people, and I'll say 
I'm going to say 70% of the military can't shoot that well. They know how to clean the weapon. They can take, take it apart. They may have qualified, may not have qualified, because guess what? Years, a lot of people in the military that go to the range don't qualify, and they're still in the military. They just didn't qualify that range time. So they're rushed through. They're pushed through. They don't get a lot of rounds. And even in the infantry world, in a lot of units, and someone's going to comment, well, in my unit, well, cool. Most units don't get enough time, even in the infantry world, to work on marksmanship and actually how to shoot. So ninety-five percent of the military can't shoot pistol. No, officer. Yeah, hundred percent. Agreed. So you don't um, train. So yeah, yeah. So that's the thing, guys. Don't don't take that as like, oh, this guy was in the army for four years or the Marine Corps for four years. He must be an expert. Um, Maybe he can teach you something. But going to someone like Pat or any expert trainer, that that's what you want to find. Find someone that actually can teach you. Spend a few bucks on it, and you're going to get that real knowledge and. Like what I like about you, Pat, is you have the law of, like side of it. You're gonna teach them the laws. You're gonna teach them some medical, and then how to be proficient with that weapon. So I like I like the concepts of you know oh the concepts the the apex training concepts of what you do. So <laughs> hey, that's look awesome, at what you did I appreciate there. it. <laughs> so awesome. Man. That's all I got, man. I know Matt had a few questions, and uh, I know I don't want to run too long. I've been talking a lot, so we'll let Matt take over. I appreciate it. So. Pat, I mean, it sounds like you do like a really uh, comprehensive offering, which is super cool, especially as someone like me, like I'm really new in, in learning to actually shoot and use a weapon system. Like I've been collecting guns for a long time. I've got a lot of firearms, but like, I'm really new to being, uh, like, I'm going to take this rifle and this pistol and actually learn how to use it. Um, so someone maybe in my position, like who has firearms, I have some familiarity. I've done a couple of classes, but I'm still pretty new. Like, what would you suggest as like most beneficial in, in being proficient in weapon systems, like a rifle and a pistol So to someone who's fairly new? Yeah, so anything you do, right, just like, like anything in life, man, you want to create a plan, you know, and we've talked about this earlier, you know, before we started filming, I like a progressive development plan, and we're going to start from the very beginning. So if I had a brand new shooter that knew nothing, I'm going to explain to them how this gun works, we're going to take it apart, I'm going to show you how to load it, I'm going to show you how to unload it, and we're going to talk about the mechanical aspect of that gun, we're going to talk about the ballistics, we're going to talk about the round, we're going to talk about what it does. Um, and then we're going to get into the fundamentals of marksmanship, right? We're going to talk about how to pull that trigger. We're going to talk about what you're looking for with your sights, or if you have a dot, we're going to talk about dots. Um, we're going to get comfortable with all that. I do a lot of dry firing in my class, you know, because I like to maximize your round count because ammo is expensive, man. When I see people, yeah. you know, on Instagram or YouTube, man, they're just going out doing a mag dump. Uh, one, you're throwing money out the window. <laughs> and two, you know, you're, there's no training benefit to that. What are you doing? No. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no it training. Cool. It looks cool for the gram. We maximize our training, our training yeah. and our, our ammunition by dry firing things. Yeah, but did you see all those shells I was throwing? It was the shell. Yeah, all his full I mean, auto. Yeah. Full <laughs> auto is so cool. Gas, um, gas operated. Cha-ching. Yeah. Yes. It, it, yeah. It, you know, it, it's it's a waste, man. And listen, it's everybody. It's People have their own money. You can do with it what you want. But if you're asking me right. what my opinion is on training, that's not a good path to getting, you know, proficient. You know, once we get into that and you get your marksmanship down, and then we're going to talk about, well, what is it you're looking to do? Are you looking to compete? Because we could talk about some holster work. 
you know, are you, talk, are you looking to carry every day? Because then we're going to talk about some concealed work. And then we're going to work on your draw stroke. Then we're going to add, you know, then we're going to dry fire that, you know, so, and we're just going to go and we're going to keep chipping away. And once we're good at pulling the trigger once, we're going to get good at pulling the trigger twice and so on and so forth. You know, we'll work strong hand, we'll work, you know, uh, support side, you know, you need to create a plan. Um, that's how you're truly going to get, you know, uh, proficient. And, you know, one of my mentors was like, dude, when you can do it lefty, do it righty. When you can do it righty, do it oh, on yeah. your knots. you know, and it's just, I do that every adding, night. Keep, I change keep, up. Keep yeah. Yeah, you know, every and, night, that, every night I change it up. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I see what you said there, you Adam. Do awesome. it, you do it righty. I well, love it. <laughs> you son. Well, it, I mean, it seems that like uh, no matter where someone would place themselves on the skills ladder of of uh, weapons operation, that somewhere in that you have something to provide. And so that's that's a that's a pretty well-rounded product. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I mean, the, the you know, the trick is there is no trick. It's just mastering the basics. Amen. I work a I work a a trade job where I was an apprentice for four years, and and then you become a journeyman. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize like where those terms came from. And it's like to learn a trade, like you're an apprentice, you study under someone, they teach you everything you know, and you become a a journeyman means that you're proficient in these skills, but now you have to leave and go out and find other masters of that trade to teach you something to make you a master. It's not go out and brag about how much you know and flex on everybody. It's go out and learn even more. Yeah, so I I think that's super rad. Yeah, man, you got to perpetually be a student. That's the the second you think you know it all, you know nothing, man. And, you know, I'm constantly trying to find trainings to go to. And, you know, I want to level up. I miss shots too, man. And I, you know, on social media, I post my misses. I don't care. Bro, I love the camera angle. That back, that camera angle behind the target where you can see the bullets go through. I'm going to steal that because that's a good, that's an awesome camera angle. It is pretty rad. I mean, it's the most high camera angle out there. Yeah, I like to break it down, too, because, you know, you see guys running drills, and it's like, well, show me your shots. You know what I mean? Like, how do I know you're not just spraying all over that berm? Um, yeah. You know, shot accountability. And, you know, when I'm doing a drill and I mess up, I like to explain. But, well, I, I messed up because I was doing X, Y, and Z. I had to back off and then bring it back down to center, and then, you know, we got back on it. Screwing up's part of the process, you know? That's why you need to train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I... I talking to another guy that does training, you know, when I first was talking to him about his thoughts and I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll find the humor in this. Um, I was talking to him and I was like, what, you know, what's your outlook on all these, you know, on the, on the gun community right now. And the, I guess the direction we're going as far as, you know, now more than ever, it's so crazy. I mean, everyone's wallet's getting a little lighter, but for a period here, um, more so a couple years ago than now, but it's still here. You know, people are willing to shell out way more money than they ever have been for firearms. I mean, you know, even even three years ago, four years ago, people were like, what? You know, a Knight's Armament Rifle for $3,000? Oh my God, I would never do that. And now people are like, oh dude, if I could find one for 4,500, I'd buy it. And these people are just there. I I don't know. I guess they're printing money and I don't have that 
printer and I need it. <laughs> but the, you know, like people are doing that. And I asked a guy, I was like, what's your thoughts on it? And he was like, he said, you know, I find it really interesting. He was like, social media is one of the coolest technological advancements we've ever had, but it's also one of the worst because people who don't like where they're at in their life or people who don't feel that they're appreciated in their normal life, go to social media to get appreciated. So what they'll do is they'll go out and they will run the best of the best. They'll spend, they have no issues spending between six and 10 grand for, you know, night vision. And they got to have the cool guy AR and it's got to be, you know, four five, six thousand $6,000. And they got to have the, you know, the complete carrier with the battle belt and all this stuff like you know, you're running around at the end of the day from head to toe, you're, you're 15,000, uh, you know, $20,000 person running around in clothing and it, and LARPing, you ask, LARPing, LARPing, just LARPing. out there LARPing. Yeah. Yeah. And I ask him and he's like, well, my question to those guys is how many of those dollars did you put into training? And guys are like, oh, well, I shoot every weekend. And they're like, well, that's cool. But how much did you put into training? And again, they answer like, well, I mean, I shoot every weekend. And he's like, all right, I don't know how to put this nicely. You're a loot drop. I'm going to show up with the crappiest setup on the planet. And I'm going to take everything you have when it hits the fan. Because you are not prepared. And if you come my way, like, I just leveled up. So now I have all of the training that I have. And on top of that, now I have the reliable weaponry. Like there are oh, a lot of Gucci people, here. everybody's in trouble at this point because now, you know, I'm, I'm even better than I was. And I mean, do you see that too? Like people just have no problem spending all their money on these guns and then like not putting it into any training or minimal yeah, training. You know, it's not you know, even learning how to on, use it. Yeah. It's like the guy who buys a car, he can't drive. Right, like you don't need a Hellcat, bro. You need a Civic. You just don't, you know, you're not whipping this up the track. Uh, there's a there's a formula that I use and I teach to everybody. In my, I, I tell everybody in my classes. I say, training plus experience equals competence. You need both to be competent, right? So I I typically run into guys like I've been around guns all my life. Okay, cool. You have experience. What training do you have? Oh, none. Okay, well that doesn't equal competence then. You. Or you got guys that are like, oh, I've been to this training. Okay, what experience do you have? None. Okay, well, we didn't meet the competence stance, you know. And I like to equate it to med school, right? Kid goes to med school, it's four years. It's a lot of schooling. He has a ton of training. He graduates. Do you want him working on you? No, he doesn't have the experience. That's why he does right. residency. So now he's got the training. Then he gets the experience in his residency. Now he's competent enough to be an attending doctor. And it's, it's no different in the gun it's world. The it's no different in the gun world. Training plus experience. Yeah. You know, even in the tactical world, too, you go to any like SWAT team leader basic course, they'll tell you, they'll be like, training plus experience equals competence, man. You need both. You can't have one without the other. I like that. I definitely do yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it's a good attitude. It makes a lot of sense because even for those those LARPer guys, I mean, even <laughs> even if you're not a tactical guy, even if you're just a, a hunting guy, um, yeah, you might have the experience of sitting at you know, at a rest and squeezing that trigger and literally blowing the, the back of that paper out in the same spot constantly all day long. Um, but it's a lot different in a pressure situation. I mean, that's why yeah, shooting you've never is, cleared a house. 
Well, no, but even then, shooting is hard. It's it's a very hard thing. I mean, in its simplest form, it's easy. But I even hear of hunters who see their deer of a lifetime and they get nervous and they miss their shot. And that deer is not a threat. That deer most of the time doesn't even know. It's not shooting back. Well, it's, it doesn't even know that the hunter's sitting there Mm -hmm. and just the raw emotion and the pressure that your head puts, you know, you put on yourself causes you to pull a shot that is a non-threatening situation. So if you reverse those roles and you, you know, to an extent you say, okay, now whatever you're potentially shooting at is a threat, maybe not even necessarily shooting back at you, but it's a threat. Like, holy hell, that's even more pressure. pressure. So people don't understand that. And I'm a firm believer. And what's your thought on this? Um, This will be my last question for you. I'm a firm believer just in the 2A community that if you're going to be an EDC person um, or a tactical training person or anything, I say it half jokingly because I don't want you to like actually go out and do this verbatim. But I think that everybody that does needs to take a life. And I don't mean that as like a human. I mean, like if you're, you need to shoot a deer, you need to shoot a squirrel. You need to shoot, like, don't shoot a turtle, you know, like, but you need to see like what this actually does, because I think that, you know, you're going to get some emotion in that. And it's not even a human, you know, and you hope to God it never is, but you need to know what that gun actually does. Shooting paper, shooting steel, shooting Tannerite, shooting a watermelon. I mean, doesn't it does it, i mean it's you're nowhere near what that what that bullet actually does and yeah. i mean most you people are, most people it's all sunshine and rainbows right i see it in the cop world i see it in the military world um you know i had a lieutenant um one of my deployments one of my first days in iraq my lieutenant thought it was all fun and games and we started taking indirect fire real close to where we were at and he all of a sudden didn't really think it was that funny anymore you know yeah. Um, people live on sunshine and rainbows until something bad happens. And then you're going to learn really quick if you know, you're cut out for it or you're not. And, you know, I can't say who's going to make it and who's not, you know, I don't, I don't know. That's on the person. Um, but just in know. my experience, man, even EMS and on the police side, things go sideways and guys get scared and they realize real quickly, it's not for them, you know, but as a, as a civilian everyday carry situation, let's hope you never have to, you know, experience that let's just hope you carry that gun for your peace of mind and you're trained up and you're competent and you never have to pull it ever to even know you know what that the end result of that gunfight could be yeah i agree to that rather I think be you're a, more than a likely... warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war right correct. yeah correct yeah you're um you are more likely and you know you're more likely to you know administer medical attention in a in a in a violent situation than you are inflict violence, whether it be with a weapon or, you know, not like you're more than likely you're, you're statistically more likely to administer help than you are administer force. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the situations develop fast, man, as fast as they happen, as fast as they're over, you know, it's not some long protracted Mm -hmm. gunfight, you know, in the middle East somewhere, you know, typically on the street, you know, even officer involved shootings are real quick, you know, very rarely do they really drag out. 
Yeah. I mean, this isn't the wild west where we meet at noon and we look at each other and say, are we ready? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you just need to, yeah. it, well, at that point, you just need to be Jerry Mikulak and just oh give God. you a little, yeah i mean that's it you like, hear it's the over. beep and hee hee bro it's fucking over oh you're already leaking it. you're already leaking I out of your it. back if you hear hee hee like you're so, done uh, guys i think we're getting about that time but pat um before we end i want you to be able to talk uh plug yourself again tell people where they can find you all the aspects i know you're on some social media as well yeah so um our website www.apextrainingconcepts.com we have our firearms, medical, leadership, active shooter training. We have women's only trainings. Um, we are on YouTube. Um, just search Apex Training Concepts. It'll it'll come up. Um, Instagram, it's at Apex underscore training underscore, underscore concepts. Um, we like to put out little tidbits there. Um, but yeah, you have questions, DM us. Hit us up on any platform. We'll answer. Um, you can email us at any time, info at apextrainingconcepts.com. We're pretty good about getting back to you as fast as we can heck yeah dude that's awesome and we plan in the future just to go ahead and um extend the invitation um we plan in the future to do a couple episodes where we're actually on a panel and we have you know two or three guests so it's going to be it's going to be a crowded lane of traffic like it's going to be rush hour in here but at the same time um you know we really think that it's a uh, it's a good route to go for a couple episodes um, when it comes to opinionated things like training, like medical, um, things of that nature. Because A, just like you said at the beginning, I'm all about learning and I want to take as much from you three here as I can and figure out how I can apply it to my daily life. But also, you know, hearing from a couple other people because I think that listeners, you know, don't take it from us. I mean, you know, yeah, we, we do have some experience in a lot of areas and, you know, we also do like to shoot the shit and have some fun, but, you know, don't take anything we say, you know, as the Bible, I want you to dissect everything that we say and not necessarily to call us out on what we're wrong on them. I mean, if you do, you do great. But it's more take what you can from me, take what you can from Matt, take what you can from Adam, and definitely take what you can from Pat. And take what you like, ask questions about what you're unsure of, and just discard what you don't. And it's cool. And that's how we have to do everything in life in order to be Amen. better in training, better as husbands, wives, fathers, sons, daughters, whatever we are. Like, you, you gotta those life experiences are what makes who we are who we are yeah so, absolutely yeah. i agree breach and um pat i have to ask your get out of here yeah i have to ask a quick question since mike was on a soapbox um what's your opinion on ak's and ak people they're weird man man they are their own club man that's all i gotta say don't ever disagree with an ak person because 20 other dudes are gonna come out of nowhere and attack you like it's the most unfair fight you'll ever. I said something about steel case ammo the other day, and I got berated in the comments. They're like, "I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna kill you. You don't know what you're talking about." I was like, oh. <laughs> "I didn't even think That's what I said." Family, that. dude. Ryder <laughs> Dad. Those are my. These are my Ryder people. Dad, <laughs> hey, but they they sure are from the mag dump though. Yeah, that's they, a call. They're yeah. from the mag dump though. <laughs> 
they're from the mag dump. They yeah. sure are from the mag hey, dump, though. You'll notice that, like, in the last four months since that AK ammo started to, like, creep up over 50 cents around, those mag dumps have slowed down a little bit. <laughs> yes, they have. Yes, they have. The Instagram's also, not just full of steel case, like, jump, 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 jump. <laughs> hell yeah. Well, Matt, wow. um, Matt, if you if you're at a, if you've got nothing else to add, Adam, if you got nothing else to add, Matt, why don't you go ahead and uh, close us out of this one? All right. Well, I'll go ahead and wrap us all up. Um, first off, we want to thank Pat from Apex Training Concepts for coming through. We appreciate him. Um, anybody who's out here listening to us, we really love and appreciate you. Make sure to head over to Instagram and YouTube and check out our man Pat and Apex Training Concepts. If you're in the Florida area, hit him up. Sounds like he's got some some knowledge bombs to, to drop on everybody. Maybe you'll learn something. Hey, I'm um, gonna also put, I'm gonna put all his information in the details of the podcast. So yep. I will put the links to his IG as well as his website. It'll be linked down there for you folks. Um, we wanna thank y'all for tapping into Whiskey and Windage Podcast. We got new episodes coming out every Tuesday. Um, also, don't forget to head over to Whiskey and Windage Reviews. That's the channel where we just kind of give the middle finger to the industry. We're going to touch the guns. We're going to touch the gear. There's shooting videos. Um, and that's all put on by myself, Adam from Silver Bullet, um, and Mike from OCA. I'm Matt from Burning Powder Kicking Brass. We're signing out, y'all. Appreciate Later, it. Guys. See y'all.